You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. My name is Brent Atwater, and we are finally back on. I think we've straightened out our technical difficulties, and I want to thank everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your patience with our inaugural run of this thing. I mean, both Diane and I have got a little bottoms burned, our fingers blistered, and our ears blown out a couple of times, but you are still over there? Yep, yep, I'm here. It didn't kill you off in the first show, right? <laughs> no, I'm ready for more. All right, so we're going to get y'all to bring it on, and uh, we hope that you're out there and you're going to be uh, sending your chats in. Uh, Go to our Alive Again. And listen, here's the most important part. If you miss this, we're going to be doing these like on a monthly basis. We're going to be doing two hours each, and they're going to be in podcast. So believe it or not, you are actually (laughs) going to be able to hear what we're talking about and listen to it again in an archived podcast. So I'm sure as we go along, this will get smoother and smoother and smoother. So then we'll sound all professional-like. But even if we don't sound professional-like because my mic's not on and my zip's not doing and my dip's not doing, hey, our heart's in it to help you heal your heart. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're talking about pets, loss, and afterlife, and reincarnation, and things like that. And we sincerely appreciate your patience. My name's Brent Atwater. I'm the animal medium. We got Diana and Max over there. And Max, by the way, is her little spirit guide in uh, mini pen form, sitting down, and uh, he's volunteering to help run these boards. And he's putting his paw prints in the chat room and letting us know when uh, each person gets a certain amount of time so that we can help a lot of people. And he has a little bell that he's ringing up there from the sky above and letting you know it's chat room question time. All right, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to start off, and let's see here. Now we're going to go to the chat room first. Diana, what you got over there? Well, there was a question about whether uh, a pet that seems like an old soul, if that has any bearing on the likelihood that they will reincarnate. Well, here's the good part. Usually an old soul is one of the ones that won't reincarnate, and here's why. They've already lived all of their incarnations out because incarnation and reincarnation is about the earth school's learning journey yep it's about the learning journey of that soul while it's on earth so when you have an old soul like for instance this is my last incarnation and everybody's going yay don't have to listen to that southern accent anymore but um usually an old soul pet is a pet that has finished a lot of learning opportunities with you and therefore they are the ones that most likely will not come back so I think that's a really good question, and I sincerely appreciate it. And for those of you who are calling out there, if you can hear us, because we are live streaming on um, iHeartRadio, and we're live streaming on Pet Life Radio, our phones are up, yeah, and we think they're working. <laughs> so if you want to call in, uh, bring it on down. Now, we've got another question over there in the chat room while we're waiting for our callers to start coming in. Bring it on, Diana. What does they have to say? Yes, um, Bill. So he says, you talk about a prayer during transition to give your pet a choice. Uh How much time beforehand do you have to give them that choice? Have you seen any last-second turnarounds in a pet's health? Love it. Okay, Bill, thank you so very much. All right, here's the uh, answer. 
When you do the transition prayer, which is, I ask and it is my intent through the love of my heart to send you my life force energy to use as you so choose. That We did a video on that, so if you want to see it, you can go to my website, www.brenatwater.com. You'll see up there, the show says TV Index. Push on that and go down and you can see which video is the um, prayer. But when you use the transition prayer, basically you're becoming a, um, it's like dialysis. You're using your energy to give dialysis and clear and brand fresh new energy to the pet that's transitioning. Now, you can do this while a pet is ill. This is a really good prayer for a pet that is ill. You don't have to hold their front paws, but you can. I like to. I like to put my hand on the pet's body, but you don't have to do that either. You can say that inside to yourself in your mind and use that as your dialysis point. I ask it as my intent. From the love in my heart to send you my life force energy to use as you so choose. Now, we have seen pets and people completely turn around and use that energy to get well and to heal themselves. Because sometimes their body is not past the point beyond which they can regenerate. They're just at a point where they're stalled and they need an energy jump start to flip over and get well again. But if their body has passed the point beyond which the body can re store itself and regenerate itself and cellular regeneration is possible, then that prayer will help the pet not transition horrifically because it'll go in and it will smooth out all of their energy. And then they will pass peacefully without major seizures, without major pain. And usually they'll just go to sleep and pass away that way very quietly. But it will take away the horrific as in heinous, terrible pain and all of the signs you see of the twitching and the jerking and everything, it usually will take all of that, stabilize, and smooth it down. So I really think the transition prayer is something good to use when an animal sit, because then you'll know they can either take that prayer to jumpstart their energy, or they can take it to very quietly and peacefully shut down their system and move over to the other side as living energy to begin a brand new journey with you. I'm going to look up here where we got a call from Nella, and Nella says... Her dog had an illness that was similar to hers. Was he an old soul? Yes. A lot of pets who take on a person's illness as in an empathic way, we call them animal empaths. And an animal empath will oftentimes, instead of take on, we use the word miro. Sometimes you'll have a, a, we had a lady in a nursing home. She had asthma and she had a kitten that she found and the kitten had asthma. And then when the lady passed, The kitten, three days later, that was perfectly healthy, except for his asthma, also passed. So its job was to come down, mirror the person's, lady's, soul's path, and to stay with her as she transitioned over. When you have a pet that mirrors your energy, sometimes it's about teaching you more about the illness because you will pay more attention to your pet's illness sometimes than your own. And you'll go, okay, I need to find everything I can to help my dog's cancer, except you have cancer too. And by the, ca- by the pet having that cancer, you are learning more in the alternative realm and a whole lot more about cancer, which not only can you use it for your pet, sometimes you can use it for yourself. So animal empaths are usually old souls and are teachers that help us learn about how humans and animals can substrate and coexist by sharing and lending energy that teaches and learning the journey that each of their souls evolve, whether it means passing to the other side or growing and learning and having a better life going forward. 
So most animal empaths, to answer your question, Nella, are in fact old souls. All right, what you got over there from the chat room? This is a good one. I love this one. Can different uh, from Auntie Kim? Can different help one another, and can they send spirit messengers for a pet before they transition? All right. Yes. Let me read that one more time. I can read it. Can different right. animals telepathically communicate with one another? That was the first question. Okay. Yes. Very definitely. Yes. Okay. Um, because that's the way animals do tell. Think about it. Have you seen the herds of elephants that you, you don't hear an elephant say, yay, babe, let's honk, let's honk your horn or let's give us a, a growl or something. They can telepathically look at each other and know what's going on. Animals live on instinct. And instinct is basically telepathic electromagnetic thought processes going back and forth. That's why a lot of animal communicators talk telepathically to animals because with animals, it's a natural thing to telepathically communicate back and forth. And a way you can see it, and this is one of the purest forms and one of the best ones that I really love, is when you see an animal that has deceased. Well, maybe you can see it. I can see it. When you have a pet spirit that has deceased and it is playing with a live animal, you will see them playing as if there is no lack of communication whatsoever. And that is the perfect telepathic exchange between the living energy form and the living earth pet suit form of the pet and they're having a telepathic exchange and so the conversation is not muted it's just wide open except you don't know it other you can say well you know i saw my cat the other day move over get out of the bed because i think the deceased pet came in well yeah fluffy walked up in all of his magnificent pet spirit form and said move over telepathically and cleo got up and moved over so the answer is Yes, ma'am. They can definitely communicate with each other. Excellent. Excellent. Do you want to take another one? Sure. Okay. All right. Let's see. Stephanie in Quebec. This one came in email. All right. Uh, I, I haven't moved anything since my pet passed. Does it help to have everything look the way they remembered it? Will that make them want to come back more? Wow, I love it. First of all, you don't move anything probably because your own grief is so hard and so, well, I'm going to say hard to deal with and so difficult to think about moving anything that it tears your heart about and shreds it up. So we understand that. But here's the deal. Your pet spirits there are going, all right, what's that bowl doing out there? Okay. It doesn't affect your pet spirit one way or the other. I had a lady in Japan that literally cooked dinner for her pet every night and set the bowl out after he had been gone for six weeks. And I said to her, is there a reason for this? And she said, yes, it keeps my pet more alive. Well, what you're doing, your pet is involved with right then and right there. So if you change your house, if you say, I can't live in this house anymore because I've got memories of Fluffy and I have to go somewhere else, then, hey, Fluffy's going with you. He is not staying right there, okay? So we'd like very much for you to know that it doesn't matter what you do with your pet's things. What matters is you getting over the speed bump of your mind and acknowledging your pet is alive and well and there, and then things will start changing and you'll start getting signs. And we have a call room. Yes, ma'am. How can I answer you? Oh, yes. Hi. Um, uh, my name is Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Hi. Sherry. Um, yeah, I'm all- Sherry, baby. I'm a- Sherry, queen. <laughs> Sherry, baby. Actually, it's, it's, it's Sherry with the T. <laughs> oh, well, you see, that's my Not- southern accent messes up every time. Go ahead. <laughs> I was wondering... I believe that my uh, dog was a uh, reincarnate of a dog that I also had as a kid um, about 20 years apart. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that they both came at a time that I really needed them. And now my, my dog, uh, she transitioned a week ago. 
I'm sorry. And my question is, uh, thank you. My question is, um, would that because I know this, does yeah. that mean that I also recognize that they were an old soul? Um, because you because know what? Know because you, because you determined that they were comeback kids, that they were old souls. Yes, uh, because I know that this, that this dog returned to me 20 years later. Right. Does that mean that she was an old soul and therefore won't reincarnate? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, we'd have to look at your reincarnation contract because she, you know, she could come back five, six more times if y'all had contracted it. On the other hand, if you know for sure in your soul that you feel like she came during difficult times in your life and those were appropriate learning journeys, here's what I would do if I were you. I would look at it as look at her last incarnation and see what lessons you learn together, okay? And a lot of times you'll find that when you look at those lessons, you'll determine if you have more to fulfill. And usually an old soul, let's say like friend, will come in multiple times in their last final incarnations because they're finishing up their journey with you. On the other hand, if she's already been twice, she may not reincarnate because it may now time be for her to be your mind-only pet and stay on the other side and guide you and watch over you for the rest of your life. And the best way for you without you know, reading to do is to assess the lessons that you learned in each of the incarnations. And if they were just really big, wonderful, change-your-life lessons, then most likely her journey has completed and you have her enjoyment as a living pet spirit now, and you get to go on without a fursuit and have 24-7 access to her guidance and her love through the rest of the difficulties or any appropriate learning opportunities that you'll be facing for the remainder of your life. Does that help at all? Yes, yes. I think that, it, that does answer my question, Then, and, and I will. So I need to take some time. Think about understand the yeah, and then let us share, yeah. and we'll look forward to hearing about it, because do share with us that what you've learned, because that lets people understand how vital, and that's the word I want to use, and I thank you for sharing this, how vital a dog that comes back several times like that, how vital the lessons are in shape-shifting your being and evolving your soul. You're so gifted yes. to have been experienced that. Wow. Namaste. That's absolutely the truth. Yeah, namaste you. to your pet. Uh-huh. All right, looks like the, thank you for calling. Join us on our next shows. Okay, let's see what chat room country has. All right, we've got one from Andrew. Yep. Do animals retain their previous life memories in their new rebirth or reincarnated life, or do they sort of have an amnesia and begin fresh? There is no amnesia. Okay, so uh, Andrew... To answer you, they, um, the reason that you, one of the key marks of a reincarnated pet is that they remember. Um, they know where their toys are. They know their name. They know where they're going. They know where you've been. I mean, the most interesting thing in my book, I'm Home, A Dog's Never-Ending Love Story, there was a Union Jack was a reincarnated Cocker Spaniel. And as he came back as a puppy, the owner was driving by the old house. Now, this is cool. Was driving by the old house, and the puppy tried to get out the window where the old house had been because the puppy wasn't aware that the owner had moved to a new house. So all of a sudden, he had to grab the comeback kid, keep him in the car until they got to the new house. 
So if you'd like to know more about this, in my book, After Death Signs, and in my book, Animal Reincarnation, there's a whole chapter on things that your pets do recognize. For instance, they recognize the people, i.e., I call them people, they're fur people, the fur people that they've lived with. So when a new pet comes in, there's a lot of times, if it didn't like the cat before, it's not going to like the cat in this incarnation. If it knew where the toys were put up in the closet before, oftentimes a puppy that's five weeks old will go march down to the uh, closet where its pup, where its puppy toys are and go get them out of the closet because that's where it was before. So one of the signs of a reincarnated comeback kid is recognition of all the old things that they knew from a previous life. And we hope that helps. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break and go to our sponsor. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Are you confused by the overwhelming number of supplements for your dog? Developed by a veterinarian, Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver is designed to address many of the common problems your dog faces today, including allergies, inflammatory diseases, arthritis, hip dysplasia, geriatric problems, and more. Restore and maintain your dog's health with Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver. Order two bottles today and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Visit Canine System SystemSaver.com. To get this special offer, enter coupon code RS20 at checkout. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Retrievers, Labradors, Goldens are the main breeds that come through our door, but we'll train anything with four legs and a tail. My husband and I own a kennel. We train hunting dogs and also have a boarding and grooming business. Our dogs, they're athletes, and we feed a very quality food. You can't get enzymes in a commercial dog food because they cook it at such a high heat that so much important nutrition is just cooked right out of it. But adding Dynavite to their diet has... Every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. <laughs> Dynavite's the bomb. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E oh. dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Dot com. <laughs> Hi, we're back, and my name is Brent Atwood, and I'm the Animal Medium, and we welcome you to our second live call-in or chat show. For those of you who are listening, you are listening to 877-385-8882, one ringy-dingy, two ringy-dingy, call us on. 
For those of you who want to do a live chat, go on to our website, www.petliferadio.com, and join our chat room there. And for those of you who don't know what's going because you're listening to all of this on the streaming iHeartRadio, well... Come on down and visit us. This is our second show. We'll be doing this monthly, and we look forward to having you join us. If you're calling in, sometimes we have a backup of queued questions in our chat room and a backup of queued callers. Hang on. Don't stop calling. Don't forget, because the lineup's there, and we take them in the order of go that we get them. So we really appreciate you taking your time to do that. Diana's over there working the chat room. She and Max are making sure that everybody gets a chance. We ask everybody to present present only one question so we can have more educational answers. And we'd also like you to listen to these podcasts afterwards because then you'll know if you were in our chat room and not listening to the live streaming exactly what was said. Thank you so very much. All right. It looks like here we go. The chat room's calling. What you got, Diane? All right. So here's Linda's question. All right. Does, does my pet need a lot of energy to visit? Does television or do other electronics interfere with that? Oh, love it. Fabulous question. Okay, Linda, thank you. What are you calling from Ontario, right? Yeah. All right. We like our global folks coming in. And for those of you who are across the pond, thank you very much. Okay. The most interesting thing about electromagnetic pets as spirit energy is they can affect television and radios more readily than anything else. So does television or radio or computers affect the visits of a pet? No. Nuh-uh, uh-uh, and no way. But the pet spirit, their electromagnetic energy may make the television or the computer or the radio go, <laughs> and that may be one of the signs that you know your pet is visiting you. A lot of times, pets will effectuate clocks, so you'll be sleeping, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you wake up, and 333 is on there, which is a number of the Ascended Masters, or 444 is on there. And it's your pet sending a sign from the other side. And you go, Grant, how do you know about those numbers? Check it out. Louise Hayes' book by Doreen Virtue called Healing the Angels, Healing by the Angels, in the back has a a list of the numbers and what the numbers that you see over and over and over again mean. And they're pretty dead on. I've been using them for lots of years now. So does your pet effectuate television and all the electromagnetics? Not really, other than your pet spirit will affect them, they won't affect your pet spirit. Because that's another thing. When you talk about ghosts, the white energy, and you'll see people lots of times say that their television screen will go blank and they'll see uh, energetic beings on a television screen. That is the other side effectuating electromagnetic transfer into the electronic earth devices. So, nope, your pet can handle more of them than they can handle of us. Next question over there. Excellent. So we've got uh, Heatherly. Is it possible for an animal to transition before they are ready or at the wrong time? First of all, your pet gets to choose when they're going to vacate their pet suit. Just like human beings, a um, you know, they laugh and say a cat has nine lives. Well, a human usually has, I think, seven or eight exit points. And your pet will choose the exit point it wants to take. So when you say... Will a pet transition before they're ready? Well, no, because they choose the exit point. And will they transition at the wrong time? Well, I know your heart is going to think it's the wrong time, but no, the right time is always when their choice is, although our human heart begs to differ and our human emotions 
that gets squished and splattered because of their transition begs to differ too. But it's always the pet's choice. And so sometimes we have to remember to honor the pet and let the pet know that we do honor their choice and it's never the wrong time because it's contracted. And that's contracted before you come to Earth. So I hope, Heatherly, that that answers you. And thank you for sending that in. What you got over there now, Diana? Will wanting, okay, Angie, San Francisco, will wanting my dog to visit and spend time with me keep him from crossing over? Will wanting your pet to visit, what is this now? To visit and spend time with me, will that keep him from transitioning? Is that, you know, does it put him in limbo, it sounds like? In other words, what you're saying to me is if you're selfish and you want your pet to stay with you because he has chosen and he's on his way out and he's using his body and he's starting to transition and you want him to stay, is that going to affect the transition? Is that what you're saying? No, I think she means after he's transitioned. Like somehow if, if she, I mean, it looks like from what she's writing, it looks like if, if after the transition, you know, you want your dog to be visiting you all the time. And does right. that keep, does that keep? the pet from being able to go somewhere else they're supposed to go is how I'm Okay. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, they're not supposed to go anywhere. And I love it. People will say, animal communicators will say, oh, your pet's still hanging around because you miss him and you grieve so much. Wrong. Oh, because you want him around, he's staying here. Well, where is he going to go? The heart connection is with you. After they transition, it becomes a mine-only pet. If it's your soul pet or your heart pet or your last breath pet, go see our video. And for those of you who are new, go on my video channel, Brent Atwater on YouTube. We have like about 130 now videos. And go on my website, www.brentatwater.com, TV Index, and you will see a whole bunch of videos answering questions. And if you'd like to submit a question for our radio show or for our television show, you can go to our Facebook group on Animal Reincarnation. We have a buffet of subjects there. You can also write Pet Life Radio if you've got a question or a suggestion for a show. But the most important part is you can't mess with a pet when they're on the other side and keep them from being with you. A mind-only pet is both in your mind and mind-only is in your heart. So when you have a connection, you can't, they're not going anywhere. And that is one of the biggest things that animal communicators say, oh, well, he's gone off and playing with Aunt Mary. Why? It's your pet. Well, he liked Aunt Mary. Uh, hello. If he's going to send signs, he'll send signs to you and Aunt Mary. So I hope, Diana, that answers that question. And if it doesn't, then regroup me and I'll re-answer it again. I think we answered several questions with that, so thank you. Oh, wait. Uh, do we have, can I, can I do another one from the room? Yes, oh, you can. You're winning today. All right. All right, let's see. If I had to help my pet transition with a vet's assistance, does that mean that I took the decision to transition out of my pet's control? All right, then here's what we're going to do. We're going to answer that first, and then we'll get to the caller. First of all, you did not take, by helping your pet cross over, you did not take it out of your pet's control, because here's why. And again, Java, you got some rocking questions. Thank you so very much. Please call into all of our shows. Um, so the point being is your heart already acknowledged that your pet's soul was going to transition. And rather than waiting for the body to break down in front of you, you assisted the 
pit suit transition, but it didn't do anything for the spirit living energy on the other side. You just released it from the deteriorating pet suit and allowed it to be live, happy, free, send you a sign, living energy from the other side. So I hope that answers your question. You didn't mess up the pet's control at all. It is, and it's also something that we could probably even build out on in November when we talk about guilt, because I do think that's something that a lot of people think about. If you'll make a note of that, then uh, we'll make sure that we cover that. All right, let's take in a caller. Yes, ma'am, how can we help you? Or, sir. Yes, hi, this is Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Where are you calling from? Calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, rock on. Let's see. We'll see if we can be as good as some of the shows that you get to see out there. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, great. So my question is, um, for many years, I have studied the, the, the pineal gland and also actually traveling in my dreams and lucid dreaming. And I've been doing that since I was a little girl. And then I got really into um, learning how to have out-of-body experiences. And I okay, was well, first of all, let's, all right, well, let's stop right there. You should never have an out-of-body experience. I don't care how dramatic that is or sensational it is. You should always use your energy to go visit and to not ever, ever, ever leave your body. I have known several people who have had out-of-body experiences and they couldn't get back in and they flat died. Because when you, you leave know, your body, too. That. yeah, and when you leave your body, your body has to have 68 megahertz to 72 megahertz to resonate to actually live. And I had in my earlier uh, practice, I had to help people get back in that couldn't get back into their body. So if I were you, for the rest of your life, if I'm allowed to give you any advice on that, although you've been successful to this point, I would highly recommend you never, ever, ever leave your body because this is an earth journey you're on and you're giving up about three quarters of your control when you do that. So I would stay in your earth body and I would send your energy out to do the work and then you're operating at 100% in step or, right. instead of operating at 50%. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just I, I'm I real big on that. I don't want people to you get killed. You know what? That's good, that you're, that's good I, that you're giving that cautionary because a lot of people can open themselves up to other entities, to dark right. spirits, and to right. body invasions, etc. So, yes, it is kind of dangerous. I've heard that, and I've done it in the past where I prayed. I had you know Jesus Christ with me, Archangel Michael. I, I said prayers. And, and to protect myself. And usually I would stay in my actual home. And sometimes it wasn't um, intentional. I would just find myself waking up, stepping out of my body in a dream. And okay, there were many times. All right. Now, what's the? we have to ask about the quit. That's the chime that says, what's the part about the quit? Yeah, here's the question. So here's the question. Many times when I was out of body, I would find that my pet was, was uh, playing. And I would find my pet throughout the house while I was dreaming. And my pet would actually recognize me. Like I would literally step out of my body in my dream and be in my own home and be very aware that it was an astral dream or a lucid dream um, and not just a regular dream. But I was very aware. I could see the fabric on the couch. I could read my notebook. It was crystal clear. And I would see that my dog would recognize me. So clearly they could, my, my dog could see my spirit and could see me and was aware that I was interacting with them. And then my question was... Do the dogs do that in their sleep? Are they having out-of-body experiences? Are they, obviously, and it was also related to the biology. Do they have a pineal gland that's active like humans do to where they're having these lucid dreams? That's my question. Great question. I think that that is because according to the transmigration yogic form, uh, you have reached the highest level of planetary form there could be on Earth. 
And I believe, this is just my belief, and I'm sure there are other people who have other beliefs, but I think that a pet is more in the now, and a pet is more in the all there is of what's happening around them, and they don't think about a pineal gland or an out-of-body experience. They're living, and their spirit is coming down to experience what a life is in the pet suit. Because, see, as supposedly in the yogic transmigratory process, the human is the highest ascension level you can be. And if that's the case, then when a pet spirit comes down in the pet body, then it's just enjoying what it is and interfacing with you and learning the lessons. I think they are telepathically in tune and intuitively in tune to your energy and the electromagnetics around you because that's the way animals survive is the electromagnetics. Because you can, for instance, there are a lot of dogs, friend, for example, Friend will start shaking and salivating and quivering 30 minutes before a storm, and you cannot see it coming. And I set your watch. In 30 minutes, you'll have a thunderstorm over top of you. So I really believe that when you're doing that, you as a higher-level human being who are running on a, you know, you're working on an extra outside your body or projecting yourself outside in that dream sees it, I think your pet is just responding in an intuitive way because I think they came to assist you on your journey, and they stay more in the moment. That's why their love is more unconditional. That's why you can beat the heck out of a dog, and you can give him to somebody who loves him, and although he may be a little fearful, he'll extend that love again, whereas humans are not quite so forgiving. Yes, and you're mentioning about the electromagnetics, and that's something I know a lot of people in my Las Vegas community, we're all dog lovers, we all have our dogs. We always are curious and interested because... Humans are affected by electromagnetic waves and frequencies and sometimes right. adversely. And our, right. our hypothalamus is constantly inundated with that high-pitched frequency that can deteriorate our endocrine system even though our ears can't hear it. So I'm always aware of my own animals, my own uh, rescue dog, and his own uh, being affected by our smart meters and our cell phones. And that brings me to the question of whether or not to chip them because there's studies that show sometimes even though the chip can be helpful Sometimes it exposes them to that high degree of electromagnetic smog, and I'm concerned that it may, you know, adversely affect their their biology. Okay, well, here's what I think, and I just love your techie questions. They're fabulous. Thank you so much. Do call again sometime. Um, It's important. (laughs) Even when you, you know, like even I would chip my dog, and I'll tell you why. Because in today's world, if something happens, that's the way you could find them. And I don't think, unless your dog is the size of peanut or your cat is the size of an embryonic being, that it is going to affect them, that they're going to be that sensitive. Um, I think that it's a precautionary thing. I think that um, if they are that sensitive, then they probably won't stay on Earth that long because they won't be able to sustain a healthy frequency if they are so abutted by an extra frequency. And I think that one thing you can do is you can place a seamless mirror cocoon of the Christ white light around that pet, which would stop them from receiving any frequencies. Because once you use the protection prayer and you put an insular uh, electromagnetic intent cocoon around you, you can go the devil yourself. You can astro travel. You can do anything you want, and nobody's going to be able to touch you. So if you're concerned about that, chip the dog or cat and then put that... Uh, we do this around pets who have a lot of high anxiety. We'll put, we say, I ask it as my intent to surround myself in a seamless mirror cocoon of the Christ white light to protect me now forevermore and always. And I do that when I'm walking my dog. I do it in around the airplane. I'm, a lot of pets who are super hyperactive will become very calm and leave. So I will put light around that pet, chip face earth world, becoming a human life, and they're living a pet life. And that's what your journey is together. 
even though you're doing all this other stuff. The basis is your soul is experimenting in the earth school. And therefore, if they got lost, you'd be able to find them, even though you could beam them up electromagnetically. I would go ahead and do that because that's what I've done. With I love it. So, I love it. So I, I love it. And that's teaching people that we can neutralize the, the, po- the possible yes. adverse yes. of yes. EMS with the prayer, the protection prayer. Yes, and totally. I, I always pray to Mother Mary and Jesus and the Trinity. Um, but that's good to know. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. I greatly appreciate it. All yes, right. God bless you, Brent. Goodbye. Thank you. Hugs. Call again. I love these questions. Bye. Diana, you're Bye. Bye. Yes, that was a great one. I'm going to want to listen to the podcast later for that for that one so I can hear it again. So we've got something from Heatherly, and it's, it's a little bit personal, but I'm going to try to generalize it a little bit for the larger group. Um, you've spoken about the lessons that you learn from our pets passing. And so she's saying she lost pets, a couple of pets to cancer, and she knows that there should be a lesson in that, but what, what could it possibly be? She lost a pet to cancer. What could the lesson possibly be? Well, I'm going to answer that two different ways. You would have to examine her soul's contract with the pet to determine what the lesson was. Now, um, and this is all hypothetical, so that question requires a personal reading. But hypothetically, um, maybe the pet, by having cancer, taught her how to be empathetic with beings that are sick. Uh, Maybe the pet taught her how to be a caregiver. Maybe the pet taught her about cancer because later in her life she may be around people or herself may experience cancer. So all of that is a really a personal look at her life and her soul's contract with the pet. But I'm sure if you examine it that you will see that there is definitely a link lesson that she talks about and shines a focus on her earth learning and her earth school lessons. Excellent. Excellent. I've uh, got another one if you've got time for me. Rock on, girl. What can I do to make sure I recognize the signs if they come? How do I know when a sign is from my pet and when it's just coincidence or something ordinary? Well, first of all, there are no coincidences if you believe in being open to all there is and being aware of the other side, okay? And that's pretty cool. The second thing is, and this is one of the most talked about things, is you're not crazy. And it wasn't a disbelief and you go, I can't believe that. This can't be happening. This can't be real. Well, the first thing to do is give up that attitude. You've got to say, I believe it. I know it's my pet and be open to it. Now, I don't mean like stupid open, but I mean like just say that you you believe. I would say to my pet if I were them, I'd say, I believe you're alive and well. I know you're alive and well. Show me what you want to show me and send me what you want to send me. You know, so be it. It is done. And I would be really excited about them showing me signs and sending signs to me. So it's not about, it's about you really being open to them. Because once you start getting open to them, then your heart, instead of being encapsulated, becomes sensitive to, instead of encapsulated against all the good things that can come from the other side. And let me tell you, it takes about six weeks to six months to acclimate to that. I mean, you may say, oh, there's an orb floating around when it's just really a dust or a night bug. All right? But... That's that's just hopeful, okay? It in time you settle down and then you settle down into the rhythm of the exchange between the other side and all there is and yourself. And it's that settling down that you get to get into all there is and the new journey with the pet spirit on the other side that they just flourish and you flourish and it's just the loving, most fulfilling, heart beautiful thing you've ever seen. I would say to that person, just sort of 
during the most horrific time of your life, you know, hello, nobody can do that. And um, if you can ease down and situate into a softness of acceptance and then just sit back and watch and tell them, good boy, that was a good sign. Good girl. Bring me some more. Had a girl. Come on, bring mommy some more. And that'd be a good way to do it. I do that. I do All that right. myself. Okay. Right. Uh, got uh, one more. Do we have, do we have a couple minutes left? We or? have a few more. Yeah, we got about seven minutes up and then we're going to wrap it up. All right. My pet wanted to be with me 24-7 in life. So why wouldn't they want to make sure to send me all the signs that I need all the time if we have a soul contact? Let me try to understand that again. It sounds like his pet wanted to be with him all the time and he's not understanding why then at, on the other side, that wouldn't be sending signs constantly so that. Okay. I love it. All right. Here's the answer to that. When that person was having their pet be with them 24 seven, they were in an earth suit looking at a pet suit. So the pet was right there 24 seven, correct? Yeah. Okay. So now the pet is in spirit form and the person is fussing about the pet's not with them 24 seven. Well, how do you know the pet isn't because that person can't see energy so it, they, they don't know if the pet's sitting there 100% of the time. And why should the pet have to prove 24-7 that it's sending signs? Because the person should accept that they're there. And why would they want to wear the pet out other than their own greed and need for attention? So unless you can see energy, like I do, then your pet is just sort of like it's a shadow. It's there with you all the time because where else would it be? And when it's sending you signs... Maybe some of the signs, maybe your pet wants to be creative. Maybe he wants to send you a feather one day and a billboard the next and a photograph the next day and knock a table over the next day and turn off a computer the following day and or send you a ladybug or a bumblebee or, oh, by the way, here's a hummingbird. So I think that your pet sometimes will sort of take time to be more creative, although you can't sit there, see them sitting there in pet spirit form in their little glow suit going, well, let's see, what can I center that's really cool tomorrow? But they're sitting right beside you, and because they're not there in their skinny little darling first suit, you think they're not there. Well, they're just sitting right there in their little pet spirit suit trying to do something more creative. So I think it's a matter of opening your mind and to not be so needy about the fursuit because you're really thinking about, well, it's the fursuit that you're not seeing 24-7 because you're not looking for pet spirit 24-7. And if you want to... If you can feel them, go to my book, After Death Signs, and there's a whole chapter on how to feel them, see them, touch them, hear them, ask them questions. And if you're busy doing all that all the time, you're going to have them in your face to the point that after a while you'll be saying, no, just go away. And then somebody says, well, how long did they stay around? Mike's been around 20 years now. So it's not a matter of going away. And that little fursuit that the person wanted to see that was with them 24-7, that has to leave Earth because it has a shorter lifespan. A pet spirit doesn't have anywhere to leave. It's with you 24-7 from now until infinity, and you go over and be a suit yourself on the other side. So that person needs to jump the speed bump of their mind. It's the first suit that they're talking about was with them 24-7. That's what they're missing. It's the pet spirit that is with them 24-7, just in different formats, and the human has to attune to the new formats, and that's where the you know the rub is. I guess you were saying that, if that's the way to say it. Very, very helpful. All Thank right. You. Okay. Um, 
how can someone read future energy? You mentioned this when you were talking about walking, future energy. Okay, well, now future energy and walk-ins are two different things. Which one are you asking? I don't know. That's the question. How can someone read, well, how can someone read future energy? How about that? That'll do. Okay, I think we'll make this our last question for the day. Um, future energy. Okay, when you have energy and you see energy or you feel energy, energy comes in sections. There's past energy, which is prior to the fursuit that they're in currently. That is a total electromagnetic frequency. It's like section 8 to 10 on radio. Present energy would be a whole electromagnetic section, which would be 8 to 12 on a radio. Death energy would be, oh, and by the way, death energy is like the flick of a light. When I say talk going over a death line, it's like flipping the light switch off and flicking it on. How quick can you do it? That's how quick that change of energy is. And when you look at future energy, that's another electromagnetic frequency range. So to be able to read future energy, the reader has to be able to access that higher frequency from 14 to 23 to access the information in that electromagnetic future energy frame. All right. A lot of people can't tap into that station, just like they can only do FM and they can't do AM, or they can only do analog and they can't do stereo. So the reader has to be able to have the ability to tap into a future frequency range. Now, when you tap into a future frequency range, you have everything that's in that soul's being from then on. Like you can say, you're going to be here five more incarnations. You're going to be a walk-in in this one. You're going to be an oversoul in this one. You're going to be a reincarnate cat in this one. You're going to be a bunny in the next one and a horse in the last one. So if you're dealing with somebody who can factually go into a future electromagnetic range, then they have all the information that's in that pet's being or that spirit's being from then until eternity. So there should be no lack of answers unless the pet says, I'm not going to give you any answers or I'm not going to show you that part of me. But to answer your question, when a reader does it, it's just a frequency level. And a lot of people don't have the ability to tap into future energy because it's a higher resonance. It's a tighter, it's a higher frequency range. That's the bottom line because it extends into the future beyond the present. A lot of people can deal with the present energy because they live in it. A lot of people can talk about the past. That's a lower energy because it's already been done. But frequency energy is a higher frequency that has to be tapped into to receive and retrieve that information. Does that answer? That makes sense. And it, it falls into that category. It seems if it were that easy, everyone would be doing it, right? Uh, you <laughs> got it. <laughs> All right, we got one more and then we're gone, gone, gone. My dog used to visit all the time and suddenly stopped. Why would that happen? Okay, one of three things. If your dog, you came around in pet spirit form all of the time, what you're really saying is your pet came around all the time in signs and forms that you recognized at that point. So when you say, and he left, well, maybe he's coming around all the time now in forms and signs and ways that you haven't yet learned to recognize. That's number one. Number two. Sometimes a pet, just like a human, will take a break and not come around because maybe you're grieving or maybe you've closed your mind up and they say, well, I'll just wait this period out. Oftentimes, when a pet is going to reincarnate, the signs will slow down. But a lot of people say, well, my pet quit sending me signs, therefore I know he's going to reincarnate. 
No, no, no. <laughs> that that is something that people grab hold to. People who are really desperate to have their pet reincarnate. That's one of the things that they grab hold to. Well, I've stopped getting signs from a pet. That means he's going to reincarnate. No, because here's the deal. You can see if a pet's going to reincarnate in the womb of an animal. It can send you signs as a fetus. Okay? It's normally just a little time in there, and I'm talking just a very few weeks that it will show up. Mostly when you say a pet has stopped sending me signs, the way you finish that sentence is in, in ways that I am accustomed to being able to receive. And it's more about the receiver expanding their width base of learning and awareness so that the pet who is now moved to a higher level of signs can continue to send them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's very uh, common to know that we are able to sort of build that out in ourselves. You know, it feels, it feels good to know that we can do that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really interesting thing, just like today's show was. And I want to thank everybody who took the time to come today. For those of you who are the pond who stayed up and listened. And if you're listening to this live stream, both of these shows will be in podcasts, which will be released later this week or next week. And you'll be able to answer the questions that if you've written them in the chat, chat room and couldn't hear them. And if you've called in, you'll be able to hear them live then. We're going to be doing this again in October, and that will be about a pet's purpose. We'll be talking about a dog's, a cat's, a horse, or a pet's purpose. We'll be announcing it on Diana's pages, on my pages, on the events section on my website. And we'll look forward to you joining us on our YouTube channel where we have lots of videos, and you can ask questions there. If you want to, pre-send your questions in to each of us, and we'll keep a little list of them for our shows. And we appreciate everybody who's had some really cool, interesting questions because I love answering those that you really have to sit and think about. And I want to thank Diana and Max over there for handling the uh, chat room. And we look forward to... Yeah, well, we'll, we're getting it done, girl. We're getting it. (laughs) And so uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on our next show. Thank you for joining us. And if you want to learn how to contact your pet, get my book, After Death Signs. There's a whole section where you can do it all by yourself at home in your room and if you've read the book and it's helped you how about sending a review in so it'll help other people thanks for listening we all say bye-bye-bye let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com